0: pop pop up in a beverage
1: okay i'll go grab
0: one open up a melissa beverage <laughs> beth bethridge
1: a bethridge i'm not letting yeah. you get off the hook for that one explain that one to me
0: melissa etheridge mm-hmm. and what's it's a bethridge <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's uh it's like you, um you drink it Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, it's like a friend who sings songs.
1: Mm-hmm. Like which friend?
0: <laughs> like uh, like my imagined friendship with, with singer-songwriter Melissa Etheridge.
1: And explain to me again where Bethridge comes into this. <laughs> <laughs> I've really walked in <laughs> in an interesting time, I feel. Please do explain Bethridge.
0: Well, okay, so, you know, it's <laughs> you drink it. Um... <laughs> It's something to drink. You know, Melissa Melissa. Bethridge wouldn't stand for this kind of bullying. (laughs) She wouldn't call her drink a (laughs) Bethridge. I'd like to think she would. (laughs) It's a different name. (laughs) It's a very different name.
1: That's a little post-it note on it, and it says, Melissa's Bethridge. Melissa Etheridge's (laughs) Bethridges. Long ago in a distant land.
0: Chicken
1: was against this. I'm the
0: boss oh. and You have to listen to me!
1: Welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, everybody. It's an adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm your host, Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. And speaking of Austin, everybody, we've got some. We've got something to discuss with you, because we sat down to, to record today, and he has been just sitting in the corner eating snakes right out of the basket, <laughs> and everybody, I don't know what, I i mean, do we just not address it? It feels odd, because he's got a basket know what to of snakes, say. and he's just eating them one after another, like for well,
0: roll-ups. Well, first of all, I'm kind of upset that what you're calling is eating, because I, I wouldn't <laughs> consider what I'm doing to these snakes is eating. Is this, um, is this
1: is this sort of your your new like sideshow act? Is of snake swallowing?
0: <laughs> well yes, the snakes are definitely going down my tongue and they're going yeah. down my mouth, but I am not chewing and eating them like they're foods. Uh I'm I'm giving these snakes a home because I'm gonna smuggle them into uh the Walmart, where they keep getting kicked out of Walmart. They just wanna <laughs> go to Walmart. Um, so I am keeping them inside my tummy for now. And then I can walk into Walmart and get them out where they can, they so can live and maybe terrorize the establishment.
1: You're sort of being a good Samaritan. Like you ran into a group of disaffected snakes outside of Walmart, just kicking stones around, like just depressed about being kicked out. And you said, you well, know what? I've got a nice stomach that I'm not using
0: <laughs> Well there's they have an antagonistic relationship with the greeter uh who mm. keeps telling the snakes to get lost and not hugging them. And so uh things kind of escalated quickly from what they tell me um in a, in a series of hisses. Um and I am Parseltongue like Harry Potter uh so I can <laughs> talk to them. And Let's dive right in. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: No, no, we haven't done our requisite bullshit intro segment yet. That, that, no, that's that was enough. not
0: long enough. That's no. enough. Um, <laughs> no, let's talk about the show we're watching. Um, I, you know, the snakes are going to take a while to fully ingest and, and they need to sort of become docile and they stop biting the inside of my stomach out of fear. Um, so I got to how uh, I got to give them some time just to sort of hang out uh, before I can sort of make the heist um, yeah. happen. Um, but, uh, this is our final episode of our Samurai Jack trilogy. Uh, Sad, yeah. And, uh, these were two episodes that I picked one from season three and one from season four. Uh, and again, we, ha- we are choosing to not do season five, the new season they did like last year. Um, right. just cause it's, it's a little new and we haven't seen it yet. And there's still a lot of good stuff from the original show that we wanted to try to, to jam in before we sort of present anything new. So. Uh,
1: maybe Not someday. like a snake into, your, into a mouth.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, very apt metaphor. Thank you. Um, the uh, the first episode we watched was Samurai Jacks Season 3, Episode 6, Jack and the Traveling Creatures. And then we also had Samurai Jack Season 4, Episode 11, The Tale of X-9. And um, I actually, so Jack and the Traveling Creatures I picked, which is one that I remember watching. But the second one, Tale of X-49, that is one I've actually never seen uh, until tonight. Yeah, I have not watched it before. I missed it. And I kind of learned about it doing my research for this this, uh, series we're doing. And uh, I wanted to pick something that was a real sort of departure for the show. Um, And it was done kind of like one or two episodes before the end of the whole show.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and then how many how many years was it in between the last episode of season four and when we finally got season five?
0: It was like, about ten ten years.
1: Yeah. It's a long years, time. Twelve years, something like that. I'm, my understanding is that season four didn't even end on like an ending style no. note. It was no. just like a random episode.
0: Right, which is why I didn't pick the final episode of season four. Um because sure. nothing really happens to justify an ending. Um sure. and so I thought I might as well pick some interesting stuff
1: uh totally. while we're at it.
0: So uh I think there's not much other run up ow sorry, the snake um. <laughs> Uh, One of them. Is it just one snake? Yeah, because I feel like he swallowed. Yeah, there's a whole handful of them.
1: I mean, before we started the episode, we sat here, Rory and I just sort of like bemused, and we watched he swallow at least four snakes, and we weren't sure that that was the first one when we got there. Right, And
0: I did promise you, I would tell, there was a story behind it, but I was too busy with the snakes in my mouth (laughs) to kind of of give you (laughs) a proper explanation.
1: There's story behind uh, You know what? I'll tell you later. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really like so, the sounds that just came out of me. It sounded like something different.
0: Uh, um, you know what? So just like this last snake I got to get in, let's dive right in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now the fool seeks to return to the past
0: and undo the future that is our coup. to Back to the past, and right, yeah. Gotta that, Back to the past, and Jack,
1: Jack, Jack, Jack. Okay, everybody. Okay, okay. Stay cool. Stay cool. We have entered the Walmart. Uh Rory and I are keeping our distance from Austin because we kind of just want to see what the hell goes down. Uh, but it's been about ten minutes and no snake has come out of him, and we're getting a little worried slash excited that maybe they're just gonna stay there. And I don't know. What do you think, Austin?
0: Well, I'm very uncomfortable. The swelling has sort of not contributed to the the my <laughs> gorged tummy. Um <laughs> And I didn't really think about how this sort of, you know, exit process the accumulated. The accumulated
1: snake bites are starting to make him a little bit discombobulated.
0: <laughs> well, they're, the problem is that they're closing off my esophagus the way up, which is where I was kind of hoping they would come back up my throat. mm mm mm-hmm. uh-huh. But otherwise, there's, well, there's not too many other options other than maybe, if you've seen the movie Alien, um, I've been told that there might be something. So I haven't seen it, so I don't know what, what happens in that movie. But well, that, that, that I seems like
1: a lot more effort than just sort of picking the old, you know, the other pathway that they have available to them. Yeah, uh,
0: I guess. I guess they could come out my belly button. I don't know. Is there a, still a, if, do I, can I untie is it? There a, and, is there a
1: worse option? There might be. <laughs> There there just might be. And Austin, I'm going to leave you to ruminate on that while I start reading the synopsis for Samurai Jack episode six of season three, which is called Jack and the Traveling Creatures. Recognized as a mighty warrior, Jack is guided to a mysterious portal capable of returning him to the past. However, he learns that only one man can use the portal. The man who defeats its unbeatable legendary guardian. The guardian defeats Jack, but spares him prophesying that Jack is not yet ready.
0: Prophesying. (laughs) <laughs> prophesying oh. oh
1: i never know because you you hear you hear prophesy prophesying that sort of thing but is it like do, do normal people say prophesying because that's uncomfortable too it's all uncomfortable
0: yeah. you just prophesize yeah prophesizing i don't prophesizing?
1: know I don't, this is a different podcast about english and how dumb it is prophesynthesis
0: um. oh that's <laughs> good let's explore that
1: <laughs> that's what this show's about uh I had a big, uh, big fun time with this episode. This was uh, a very visually pleasing. It was like candy for my balls, yeah. I ones. Mm.
0: Oh, okay. Mm. So okay. there
1: is a way to make this more comfortable than watching. I also a basket <full> of snakes.
0: <laughs> um. Good. I'm. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um. I remember enjoying it when I watched this episode. Um. But watching it again, I wasn't sure. If it would just kind of read is kinda of slow and, and a little dull for you guys. So I wasn't. It's I a wasn't little sure. slow,
1: but it's 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 one of the episodes that's kind of I think so interested in just the the cinematic element of it that uh you can kind of just watch it and you there's know. not all that much yeah. dialogue. Right. Yeah. And you know, I like the I like the energy of it. There's a lot of really cool, um really cool shots. It feels folkloric. It does. Actually, that's one that's one area where I feel like I, I recognize that they're trying to do their own thing and come up with their own like crazy, interesting beasts. Uh, but we see three beasts uh, over the course of this that he has to sort of ride to get to his eventual destination. And I had kind of wished that they had done the like four sort of uh, like four great beasts from like the Chinese ancient Chinese astrology stuff, like the the dragon, the bird, the tiger, tiger and the tortoise. Uh, I kind of wished I feel like it was an opportunity for them to sort of riff on that and come up with some stuff themed Uh, as it Mm -hmm. is. It sort of stands outside, which is fine. It like it just sort of stands outside of like unless I'm ignorant of something outside of like traditional or any sort of recognizable folklore. Uh, These are just crazy beasts. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. like one's a dragon. One looks like a. Like a weird water camel with one eye and giant <laughs> spider legs. That's
0: a cool, that's my favorite.
1: That's <laughs> really dope. Uh and then the other one is what? Like a like Some a kind scorpion of beater, lizard?
0: Beetle critter.
1: Yeah, hard to say. They're cool. They're very cool. I thought they were neat. Sort of invoking a, a fire beast, but it doesn't do anything fiery. Yeah. And they all can talk, which we don't know immediately, but um but I I don't know. We don't like like you said, there's not a ton of dialogue in this one. Um how do we, how do we start? We, he's like, he's like being uh, shepherded along some, so he's been given directions. He, As always in this show, he's looking for a time portal. Um yeah. And so he's brought, uh, he's been given directions to this lake. And then I guess that's sort of the end of it, where it's like your, yeah. your journey will begin at a lake and then you right. figure it's, it out.
0: It's that economy of storytelling where they don't really bother with any of the we hear that he's being directed by some villager who he must have saved at some point, who sure. some sort of wise villager, and we don't even see what they look like. It's just kind of a little brief montage of saying, like, you must find the city of Kojima and then go to a <laughs> mountain and then a bridge that's on the mountain, and then you'll be in the mystic land of, of whatever, whatever stuff, and yeah. then you'll find the lake.
1: It's a good use of storytelling real estate because we know he's constantly searching for portals. And we yeah. don't really want to waste an entire act one finding
0: about a portal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they could have just, they could have started this with like actually saving some villagers or whatever. And then he's talks to them and you got to learn their shit and then you got to ask him and then he got to start explain it. And you see him go, it's like, no, 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 no. We get it. <laughs> we get it. This we, is season, this three, season three. We know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he winds up at this lake and he starts to swim through this lake and he gets a little ways in and then realizes that the lake has its own kind of mysterious gravity to it. And it yeah. pulls him down to the very bottom of the lake and he has to fight to escape it and not drown because it, it just pulls anything that touches it, even like a little fly that lands on the surface of the water, uh, just pulls it down to the bottom.
1: Yeah, it's I I. I it's like the constant battle I have with with this show where it's like they've got a lot of intriguing ideas, but they just relish in not bothering ever to give them any context or e- extra meaning or explanation. Well, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting pull. It reminds me a lot of an old Chippewa tale, a legend that lives on from the Chippewa down to the movie okay. called Kichigumi.
0: Yeah. How is it how is it like the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? Rory?
1: Well there's a, there's a there's a lake there's a there's a you know a lake with a with its own sort of mal- malicious spirit that wants to gobble up the souls uh, mm-hmm. of these yeah. 26 men. <laughs>
0: yeah. It really is a direct adaptation of Gordon Lightfoot's The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Thanks, Rory.
1: You guys, I feel like this is the right time to tell you I've never heard this before in my entire life. And you you, you two both keep talking about the Edmund Fitzgerald <laughs> like it's just a thing I should know in my cultural lexicon is and absolutely, I have no it is Absolutely, something you should know. And how I have, have you never... No touchstones here? Well, you've heard me not to talk about it at Infinitum, so at some point you're complicit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I hear you two talk about a lot of things. That's not necessarily saying, you know what, I should
0: check that out. Well, I agree to disagree. You know, those brave men died uh, so that <laughs> their legend would live on. Oh uh,
1: God, uh, you're right. You're right. I've I, I'm doing a disservice to these apparently 26 men who died in a spooky lake. I think that's wrong. There's 26 tons, 26 with a uh, 26 thousand tons. You want to call up Gordon? You can ask to Gordon. They, at some point, he says I how many men, and I'm I'm fucking it up on air. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it is it is an interesting idea, but it I, I just I don't know. It, it, it's like the, these sorts of like things that Samurai Jack throws you in the moment where you're like, oh, that's intriguing. And then it gives you enough soon afterwards to sort of distract you from the fact that they never had to actually pay it off anywhere. No, um, which I guess you could see as a strength and also as a weakness. It's kind of like it's kind of like hiding, hiding the fact that they don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like the world cares a lot about its own lore, but the show doesn't give a fuck. It's just like Samurai Jack found his way into this boogie lake. It sucked him down. He had to find a monster. And then there's another monster and we forget about the lake because the lake doesn't matter. It's, and that's, it's made that's as okay. something
0: to fill a unit of five minutes or something, yeah, you know, and yeah. then they're on to the next unit of, of time that they need to fill with something else. Mm-hmm. It's not like a it's not like a full sort of rounded Narrative. It's not, it's not like a story circle that you learn about in, in a, a screenwriting class or something, you know, right. and, and that's fine. I think, you know, I, I think also a lot of those like understood, you know, save the cat stuff is kind of bullshit anyway, but there is, you know, there is a difference between something that's satisfying and something that promises something that doesn't
1: yeah. pay it off. Um, yeah. I think you're wrong, though, Austin. There is only one good way to write, and you should know. Oh, that. But okay. That's, that's, Damn, that's neither here nor there. Rory can it's tell okay. you sometime later. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Rory's way. Um, I I liked this. I liked the section. There's like these weird monks that come into the lake. Um, and they know how to do it. And they kind of like slap the lake a bunch with the flat palms and make like ripples that the beast summon rise. Yeah, they summon the beast, and then they ride him. And uh, along the way. They tell Jack that the beast is like really old and really smart, and so he thinks to like go and be like, "Hey, hey, uh, I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for a passage in time." Uh, and the beast doesn't say anything at this point, but notices his sword pretty obviously. Is like, "Oh, look at our sword." Um, and then when they land, the beast speaks to him for the first time and is like, "Come with me." What?
0: Seek a passage in time. yes
1: Gone. this this sort of begins the, the second section of the episode which is just sort of like this little you know one two three sequence of riding three beasts until we get to the final set piece uh it's it's cool I like it you know there's a fight scene of course there's always fight scenes um we talked about the beasts looking neat. Uh, but it doesn't really add too much to the episode, I guess. Right. I don't know. Right. Do you, I it's... mean, I, I, in 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 as much as anything can add to it, when the whole point is the experience you're having in the moment, like it's a totally different sort of piece of art, I guess. Right. That you sort yeah. of just have to appreciate as it's as it's coming by and mm-hmm. and then let it go.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: which I I sometimes have trouble with. You know, like I'm just just speaking as me from you know the way I normally consume things. Yeah. Um, totally.
0: I think it's still that that problem I have with this show of the world not being established and not being uh anywhere that you know if we if we had been given a world map from the beginning of Samurai Jack uh you know <laughs> that and, and this isn't necessarily something that had to happen or, or really um is necessary but sometimes knowing that you're going into somewhere cool mhm you know knowing that somewhere Oh, Jack's finally going into the magical land of whatever that he's been, you know, trying to get to for four episodes or, so you know, like, yeah. Uh, but, you know, every episode, again, he's in some sort of random place. And so nothing really matters. And so a journey doesn't really matter if, if, you know, if, if places don't matter. So <laughs> you kind of have to just, I don't know, you just sort of enjoy the visuals because there's yeah, there's no progression of where he's where he has to go.
1: And sometimes why I find it hard to talk about in a way, because that's almost it's almost like this very cool show with a lot of interesting levels and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's almost like it's an incredibly shallow experience, too, um, because so much of it is like exclusively like visual and like non literal in a way. Uh, that you don't like, you're not turning on the story part of my brain that I'm usually using to analyze this content that we watch for the yeah. podcast. Right. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting.
0: Well, if you think about the very first episode of this show, we watched where his montage of traveling and learning and training was so yeah. hype was because we had several, like several things were happening at once. We yeah. knew that he was getting older and he was learning skills and meeting these different people of the world. And that was fun. But also, we could track where he was on Earth and where he was getting closer back to Japan. And so, Mm -hmm. because he was sort of, we could see him moving through Europe and Asia and then back home. There was, yeah, uh, uh, there was a sense again, this sense of progression that was important. And okay, now he's in mountains and now he's in other mountains and cool flying places. And it's just like, okay.
1: Yeah. And I I don't know, I don't know exactly how to, how to, put my m- mouth words around that being a problem or not a problem, but it is something I'm constantly grappling with while I watch mm-hmm. of like yeah. at every, at every turn around a corner, he can be in a, an entirely different biosphere and we don't care. And who cares? Now he's in a robot graveyard, which is literally what happens in this one. He's in the right. a lake. He's in mountains. He flies over mountains. He gets dropped off the dragon and suddenly he is in a robot, a giant, Mech anime robot graveyard Mm -hmm. where where Gundams go to die.
0: Of course, there (laughs) is also sort of a a hell that could be with a defined world map. Suddenly there is the need to introduce continuity assurance that like, (laughs) oh, wait, how did we get across the lake of thing that we established in season one? It's like, oh, Uh yes, well, we had to travel through the other mountain. You know, it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Maybe it is, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, well your avatar, if you, if you have the world sure. map at the beginning, right? And they, sure. you know, they had a flying creature they used all the time and they just sort of avoided a lot of those problems. But they still, you still had a sense of where they were. Right. Uh, but they were also a much more story forward show.
0: Exactly. And they, they had talking, I mean, built into yeah. the, you know, <laughs> for a show that, that can't really rely on dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. I get that they can't really rely on defined places. But anyway, that's enough of that. I mean, you, you get the vibe. It's it's still it's lacking in some ways, but it still looked good. It did yeah. look good. And then,
1: you know, and after this sort of, uh, yeah, you know, glow, not globe trotting, but, you know, these uh, across the earth in relative quiet, we get to the man in black.
0: Yeah. 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 We get to <laughs> portal Morpheus. <laughs> por- 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 Porpheus? Sure, but, and it does. But, it does
1: feel like Portal Morpheus in in multiple ways, because he's sort of. Uh, we learn a little bit about Jack as well. Yeah, that he's some sort of. He's not exactly the chosen one, but he could be, I guess. Yeah, it kind of seems like that. Uh, so we're we've got this, you know, this spooky man voiced by a black man. It's uh, God. What's his name? Kevin it's, Michael Richardson. Uh, yes, Kevin Michael Richardson, who is incredible and everywhere. Um, but it's so we've got the Morpheus bits. He's all in black. At one point, he pulls out a gun and says, "Dodge this."
0: Yeah, he uh, has the round glasses with no uh, no <laughs> arms on the sides. Yeah, that just mm-hmm. sort of sit in the middle of his face. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, very very Morpheus by by intent. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is this is an interesting one, and I don't know if you want any like very light spoilers for season five, but I did look into a little of this. Um, because there are, there are implications here uh, yes. in, this, in the end, which is that, yes, this, this Guardian is here and he's guarding the time portal. And apparently only one man has been prophesied to defeat me.
0: For countless eons, I have guarded
1: this magical power of time travel. All have been denied. From the mightiest of giants to the tiniest of warriors. You see, Samurai, only one man has been prophesied to defeat me. And that man is the only man who can use this time passage. And you, my man, ain't that man. And so they start fighting because Jack doesn't want to accept that. He's like, I'm standing right in front of a fucking time portal. You can't just tell me no. Um, and so they do this really cool fight scene. I actually really liked this one. Uh, it's cool. It very, very it's very fun. It's good. There's a callback to the double shields.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. fun because they don't stick to one weapon. They're kinda constantly switching weapons. There's a gag to it. And, and yeah. that way again, it's not just the same one sword sound effect and it, it yep. just kinda has a nice has a nice progression to it.
1: Yeah. It's it's very it's very nice. And uh at one point he uh Jack manages to like kick two rockets back at him uh and it ruins his favorite suit and it's suddenly the Guardian is like extra mad and he has like He's got teeth and jaws that are very, like, Ren and Stimpy style of, like, mm-hmm. they just kind of extend, like, some horrible monster and they can chew through anything. And he, like, grinds mm-hmm. up Jack's, like, bronze shield in his mouth. And it's uh, he's very, he's very spooky, even though his face is drawn. I don't know. It's that dumb Gendy Tartakovsky Powerpuff Girls style that makes me not take it seriously. Uh-huh. Uh, but like it's a it's a still a very cool fight scene but in the end jack loses and just before the guardian is about to just crush his bones with a giant rock the portal like glows like a warning um and this is i guess the the interesting part with some with some ramifications uh i yeah. i couldn't I, I don't know what do you, what do you think what do you guys think about the vision that we see here at the end
0: yeah so so the portal basically tells him that Jack is essentially not yet ready to be the chosen one. That the vision of the person who will eventually defeat him and pass through the portal is a what is revealed and shown on the portal itself is a old old Jack, long beard, grayish graying hair. Uh I think he has some armor.
1: Yeah, kind of like a
0: king. Yeah, he, he kind of looks like a king. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's kind of has, you know, Uh, another 30 years on him basically Mm -hmm. and then it's sort of him standing in a majestic pose and it's like that is the guy who will eventually (laughs) like pass through this portal right so it's not yet your time jack and that's Mm -hmm. basically when when it goes to credits
1: yeah which you know for all for all that i did enjoy this episode it's again just sort of that Chucky back to status quo, just constant blue balls this show does. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. Which I don't know how much I appreciate after four seasons and nothing. You know what I mean? I know yeah, it's sure. exactly. but you still only get you still get four full seasons of this cartoon and no actual progress because every episode is just constantly back to zero.
0: No, 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 <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I included this episode, is because Mm -hmm. it kind of, to me, that is kind of the series finale, in a way. Sure. Back in season three, even, you know? Yeah, Um, and as
1: much as any of these episodes can almost be put in any order. Right, right. Uh,
0: I would say, yeah, I included this because it really is the most defined ending or vision of the ending that we get uh, at all. Yeah. and or at least before season five, I guess. But right. And when I watched it as a child, I was actually—I mean, both it was cool to get anything, to get a drip of of any sort of vision of an ending. But uh-huh. at the same time, it was also a letdown for me because I was like, yeah. "Well, so he's not okay. So he's just not going to go home until for for thirty years or whatever. So <laughs> I'm just going to have to wait my entire adult life for Jack. How to- much of this fucking show do we get? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll, I, again, non, none of us have watched season five, no. uh, but I can, I mean, so I guess, you know, skip ahead like 30 seconds to a minute if you don't want to hear anything about season five. Uh, but in the first episode of season five, my understanding is that an older Jack, right, because time has passed, an older Jack finds his way back to this graveyard, and the portal and the guardian are both destroyed, uh, because Aku at this point has gone and made sure every time portal is fully destroyed. And the only one who can uh, do it is fuck. him. Okay. And so it's kind of a weird overwrite where like, look, this is what it's going to be like. Is this going to be this really cool? Samurai Jack King says the almighty time portal with future visions. And then it's not true. Cause Aku just smashes it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I think is odd, you know. Like if yeah. you're gonna bother yeah. to put this in the show and then come back to it, I can understand. Like I want to do my own thing for season five. We're gonna write a cooler ending, but like then why bother? Why bother putting this in? You know? Sure. See, it, I don't know. It just seems kind of odd. It seems kind of odd to do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of odd. So yeah. I don't know. But the but the, the, this episode was really interesting. Anyway, I, I I I liked I liked it. I liked the effect. Uh, there was a really cool shot that I uh, I. I really loved this is my absolute favorite part of the episode where when he is like slowly walking through the robot graveyard and he like sees you know he's pushing past Mazinger Z's and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just like climbing through Bazinger-Z's. and he sees the <laughs> Bazinger Z's thanks Sheldon he sees the uh the glowing time portal in the distance and there's this like letterbox shot from the grounds perspective right behind his like his sandals as he slowly walks towards it and like you know, coming up over the sort of dramatic horizon is the portal and the silhouette of the Guardian. And we're seeing it just like between Jack's legs. And the only sound we get are the sandals on the ground. I don't know. It was really cool. Like, yeah. It's pretty neat. In In everything in this show, you know, the the stuff that you actually walk away from and really love is just the, those weird style moments that are just so solid.
0: Yeah. They know They yeah. know
1: what the hell they're doing in those parts.
0: I found myself not remembering a lot of plot stuff, but with Samurai Jack, when I was w- watching these episodes again, it's these little visual moments that I just have perfect clarity r- of remembering. You know, it's, it's the perfect remembrance of the Guardian chewing up Jack's shield with his horrible yeah. teeth. You know, it's <laughs> like these, those little weird image things that I, mm-hmm. that I ha- didn't forget. Um, yeah, say, that's no really doubt. interesting. I can't say that for most shows.
1: Well, and the, Jack's really hot when his hair comes down out of that. Out of that oh, line. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that,
1: that, you know, his hair has gotten pretty long. It's like it's it's like definitely many inches past shoulder length and it just flies all over the place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's fly into a sponsor. Hey,
1: uh, Rory and Austin.
0: Oh, together yeah. two two people one one friendship yeah hey yeah. Buddy,
1: what's up uh i was wondering if you guys could uh sort of collab on this this next ad for our our, our lovely new sponsor
0: mm-hmm, just like jay-z and rihanna right yeah
1: just those yeah
0: two?
1: yeah i'm sure that they do that sometimes uh yeah. can you guys can you guys tell me about nasty sophie's leftovers yeah nasty okay so so here's here's what, how here's how it works you you go to the you go to the grocery store and what's what's there? What's the one thing you can't get? It what's the one thing you can't get at the grocery store, Austin?
0: Lima beans. They don't you have you, them this you, time. You <laughs> <laughs>
1: they don't. What's the one thing that the grocery store never has? That's you know just like the thing that we just talked about.
0: An old man.
1: No, goddamn it, <laughs> leftovers. You can't buy leftovers at the grocery
0: store. Oh. No, Andy's audio cut out when he told us what the sponsor was, so I have no idea.
1: It's nasty. Sophie's leftovers. Oh, okay.
0: Well, that's good to know. Yeah, I know right. all about them.
1: All right, so you go to the grocery store and
0: you're trying to get some. You, what's better than pizza today? Pizza tomorrow. P- get that pizza tomorrow, dude. <laughs> well, how are you going to get tomorrow's pizza tomorrow if it,
1: you can't? If it's been, you gotta. How are you gonna get? It's you want it to be have been soaking in all your in all your
0: refrigerator juice for a day, but you can't do it because when you buy it, it has to be fresh. Yeah, you gotta place it right below the chicken, <laughs> right below the raw chicken. Put it on the on the rung of the refrigerator, beneath the chicken, beneath the fillet of sole, uh, beneath beneath the old carrots. Yeah, and that collects that funnels all of them into the pizza. This is Sophie's wish. This is Sophie's dream. <laughs> this is her choice? I didn't say that. But yes, it is.
1: So wait a minute. So she does this for me so that I don't have to.
0: Right. Yeah, she comes into your house. She arranges everything so that your leftovers are going to be pretty much as potent as possible. They're going to have the flavor profile of of a garbage disposal. <laughs> and and that's good is yeah like that. and we want <laughs>
1: and we want to all share nasty sophie with each other with our moms and dads and uh and everybody gets it's, the good gets that good fridge funk going it's holistic so can...
0: medicine andrew <laughs> it's very important <laughs> and scientifically mm-hmm. uh, considered
1: uh well great i'm gonna look for i'm gonna look for nasty sophie and she see if she'll do my fridge up real nice
0: Everybody, um I am actually it's working. So I, I went off into the the pharmacy area of oh. the Walmart, and I got some some Vaseline that I was able to sort of well, smear well, well, <laughs> smear around my throat and get okay. them, coax coax the snakes to come out of my mouth. And so now they are out. They are mm-hmm. out, and they are sort of making a little little cave inside the pharmacy. And Aww. yeah, there's sort of like nesting in the pharmacy and uh hopefully that should be fine. Um, but <laughs> some of the I mean, the employees are all still here and. You know, yeah, this, this uh,
1: doesn't seem like it's going to have a happy ending, but at least for now it seems OK, right? Like,
0: well, the snakes are OK and that's what's important. Um, yeah.
1: You I know got what bored else is watching you and I went off and I bought like 12 guns. So.
0: Oh, wow. OK, uh, you might need them. We'll see, depending on sort of how <laughs> how things go. If we kind of need the Thelma and Louise and Rory our way out. Um,
1: Wait, which one is which?
0: Well, I'm Thelma. I feel Rory's. like I'm the.
1: I feel like I'm the Rory.
0: N- well, mm. no, Rory's the Rory. I'm Thelma and Louise, and Andy's not really in in the.
1: You're not really no. a part of it anymore. This part no. part of this was to leave you and the snakes kind of not really <laughs> uh, a huge feature going forward. Well, I feel very betrayed.
0: That's fine. Betrayed? Uh, we left
1: you with a bunch of snakes, you baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what, what else feels like a betrayal? No, don't sorry. Don't try it. Just say no. what we're doing. <laughs> okay, we're watching Samurai Jack Season 4, Episode 11, The Tale of X-49. And here's the synopsis. X-49, uh, a retired robot hitman, is blackmailed by Aku into coming out of retirement to hunt down Jack. Hmm. Yeah, so we get a this one?
1: we get a sort of cyberpunk uh, noir for yeah uh, for this episode. yeah so featuring a uh, featuring a, a dusty old detective who's uh-huh. too old for this shit
0: right <laughs> yeah it is I would say stylistically the biggest departure the show has had
1: oh of course it's clearly like a kind of uh You know, an experimental phase. It's just it's 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 an adventure time. It's kind of an adventure time.
0: uh, It's exactly what it feels like.
1: But of course, they do it before Adventure Time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's this this is complete this complete rejection of the canon and this not just the canon, but the uh, it doesn't really betray the canon. It betrays the expectation that this is going to be featuring characters you've met before. Yeah, yeah. There's only one voice actor for the entire episode. It's just the guy who does X forty nine, and yeah. uh, fucking Samurai Jack doesn't actually appear in a non silhouetted form until twenty minutes and eight seconds into the episode. That's like right at the end, and it's actually really yeah. effective. I really like seeing what you can do with Samurai Jack when he's not forced into the protagonist role. The camera mm-hmm. doesn't have to be on him nonstop. He doesn't have to talk to get through the you know to get us through different plot beats. We can yeah. actually see this sort of like. You know, silent gunslinger who roams the land uh, in a pretty terrifying light. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a bit like it's a bit like we'd been following the necromorph for the whole entire show. And then finally (laughs) we get to watch the movie Alien. And oh, this is a horror movie. (laughs) This is (laughs) this samurai is terrifying. If you're not the samurai, if you're what he's killing, it is
0: awful. (laughs) It's incredibly cool. Yeah. And the other the other issue uh, with Samurai Jack most of the time is that we know that Jack is going to be fine. We know this is a show on Cartoon Network. Jack isn't going to just die.
1: And mm-hmm. the series
0: will end. Uh, and we still care about Jack, but we know that the stakes are usually pretty low. Um, it just, you know, on, on basic episodes. And yeah. by giving us this other character we never met before who we start to care about, uh, we don't know how he's going to turn out. We don't know. And we're in suspense for the episode because – yeah, he could. He could. He could die. And spoiler alert: he he does. Yeah, you really um, left <laughs> us on a
1: fucking bummer, Austin. It's really upsetting. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, um, and not, on, not only does this sentient feeling robot die at the end,
0: but we're pretty sure his adorable actual dog dies too. It's 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 impl- Well, it's not suggested what does happen to the dog, but it's probably most of the outcomes are not great.
1: Well. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not even. It occurred to me halfway through this episode that I have no idea if this particular one is like playing havoc with the timeline at all because it doesn't seem to make sense. He's talking about like Aku's rise to power and first making robots, but like the scientists that built him are still around to tell him about you know, to talk to Aku, like are I these scientists like too. thousands of years old? Also, he has an actual dog and we explicitly learned two <laughs> weeks ago that all dogs evolved to be bipedal uh, people. Yeah. But he's uh, yeah. got a regular dog. Like, I feel like so much about this episode just says, fuck you to everything that they've done before, but it doesn't matter. It's cool.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. This is again, again, they had two episodes left in the whole series at this point, And we're just like, who really cares? Let's swing for the fences, man. Let's just make something kind of funky and, mm-hmm. you know, continuity be damned, basically. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, and it it's it's better for it because, yeah. it, you know, yeah, it's really effective. It's really cool. Yeah. The music is good. The oh, visuals the are incredible. Uh, it, it just it just works.
1: They lean into the, the noir really hard. Actually, the very first shot, I think, is really neat uh, where like. The episode starts we come out of the theme song and it's like pouring and we just see this branch of a cherry blossom tree and then the, the, the depth of field like the focus shifts and we see what's behind the cherry blossom and it becomes clear to us that oh we're not in a fancy like you know Japanese garden or something this is just a this is a fucking cyberpunk city. And like all the glowing lights in the background are these like flickering uh, lamp posts, and everything looks fucked up. It's all noir, and I don't know. It was really, it was really neat, and I liked what they were trying to do with it. All the music is this like moody jazz. It never stops raining because it's noir. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 very nice. Um, and like we said, yeah. most of it, almost, I mean, the entirety of it, pretty much, is narrated by X forty nine. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and they cho- yeah they choose a character. You know, you get a – you already get a different style for the show when you just have a character that talks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, you have a chatty character and immediately you're in a different show. I mean, that's just how, you know, dramatically Jack is is a quiet guy. Um, and, you know, it would be really weird if Jack narrated a whole episode. Like, if he was like, let me tell you my story. I began as a – it's like, it's not – that's not what happens. That's not how he yeah. functions. Uh, but what we do get the flashback is, uh, yeah, like like Andy, you mentioned that this is Aku's, uh, rise to power and his realization that he needs robots and his beginnings of of creating a robot army, and so we see these sort of like almost like Tezuka inspired Astro Boy mm-hmm. sort of scientists. That's- it's it's actually
1: it's uh it's evoking Metropolis.
0: Oh a yeah, little totally. Bit. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, what I thought was kind of fun is that it it almost seems like each of these scientists, though, are uh, I didn't identify them all, but it seems like they're all kind of hinting at different fictional scientists like there's one that's mm. for sure Robotnik. One is mm. uh, like a Dr. Wiley type. Um, there's a there's a couple other that are recognizable and they do it with these prototype robots that they're making, too. Uh, Yeah, they they like show the the evolution of their robot designs and one is just obviously Rosie from the Jetsons Jetsons. Yeah, Uh, the next one is like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz and like, (laughs) you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, But where they land is they build the the, the X series and they all look identical to X-49. They're these like noir gumshoe robots that have a bunch of guns and they go have a skeleton
0: a skeleton face with big red eyes and a fedora. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's sort of it's sort of it it kind of reminded me of uh, any shot you'll see from uh, like an old mobster movie, like the first time the FBI were sort of built, you know, there's just a lineup of G-Men kind of like a yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I like it. And we we see this sort of montage of uh, of them all going and doing very suspect things. Uh, and really squats. kind of. Yeah, they are kill, kill squat. There are really it's a really like I don't I, it surprised me this scene where they like p- move a curtain aside. And it's like this gathering of like this anti Aku conspiracy and they just massacre them it's just like these people yeah. who hate aku and they're fucking dead it's so yeah, bad yeah bullet
0: casings land on the floor you <laughs> s- you hear laser noises and it softens the blow a little <laughs> bit but not much
1: yeah yeah and uh it's it's around this time that we learned that x49 for reasons other no other reason than story convenience was for uh, implanted for the actually yeah for the for the actual lulls was implanted with a an experimental emotion chip and so he says. I started to understand
0: right from wrong, and what I did was very wrong.
1: Yeah, I think was to give him an arc, to have an arc. He needs to understand consequences, right? It's a little bit. Yep. It's a little bit heavy handed, but we're also dealing with a a twenty one minute episode that has a brand new, you know, brand new character, and it finishes at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The thing I really thought was unique that caught me off guard was his line about where he said. I became the best emotions helped. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not something I've (laughs) seen in this narrative before. Uh Most of the time, it's just as soon as, you know, Commander Data or as soon as, you know, as soon as a robot gets emotions, they're immediately kind of become a good guy. And they kind of uh, are lifted above the unfeeling robot that just murders because it doesn't, you know, feel empathy.
1: Which is silly because it, it, it discounts the fact that there's hundreds and thousands of real life human beings with feelings who choose to use those feelings for horrible yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it was kind of a
0: cool, a cool concept to say like, hey, the feelings uh, improved things. The emotions made me care about being good at killing. <laughs> it was basically like... Was Everyone's like, like I kill, chilling. I kill, I kill. And he's like, I love killing. <laughs> yeah damn x49 uh and he kept doing that until he uh met lulu uh ah, sweet thing sweet thing sweet thing <laughs> a in this little puppy and yeah. it kind of just turned his whole shit around uh which I, is a little is a little fast like i i would have liked yeah. to see a little jump to get him like i said they're
1: they're hitting some they're hitting some plot points in a in a, let's call yeah. It, it's heavy. It's heavy handed. It's it's quick and it's and it's it, efe- yeah, it's, effective. A, it's an
0: abbreviated form. Yeah,
1: right. We're using familiar signposts to to get to get us where we're going. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so he retires. He like like all the rest of the X models get destroyed or whatever, and he's the last one. And he just sort of disappears into obscurity and is like mm, fuck that. And he just spends the rest of his you know I want to say adult life, but he's a robot. Whatever. Spends the rest of his life just like chilling in an apartment watching the city grow around him while he hangs out with his dog and plays jazz music, Uh, which seems awesome (laughs) and great. Uh, Which is until uh, one of the scientists, the scientist who gave him the emotion chip uh, mentions to Aku that he did that. And Aku is like, oh, and he's still around. I'll use him. I'll force him. Well, he's
0: got it because the Jack problem has arisen.
1: Yes, the Jack problem.
0: You know, suddenly Aku needs... Needs to get Jack taken care of, and now he yeah. knows the guy to do it.
1: And so Aku kidnaps Lulu the dog, and uh, and now X forty nine is over a barrel. He's got to go kill Jack, otherwise Aku's going to kill his dog.
0: Well, we got to mention though in that act of of Aku kidnapping Lulu the dog is I what is I guess would call like a diegetic jump cut. <laughs> uh, we're basically. He the dog is in the frame and then the dog disappears from the frame and then X49. Oh, yeah. and, like he's, like does jumps a double up take. like it had
1: happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like the music cuts out. And it's kind of a a really interesting uh uh-huh. uh storytelling device. A little piece of like <laughs> he is he has jump cut out of frame, whether it was like you know, y- you would think it's like, oh no, he's no longer around anymore, but it literally seems like the dog has just been like teleported out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh,
1: and it's it's cool. I will say I mean I don't I don't want to constantly uh be the like but also here's what's bad about Samurai Jack. Uh but I do I there were two times in this episode uh where I felt like the stuff they were doing completely overstated its welcome. Uh and one of them was in yeah. that montage that we got of him like fighting with all the other X robots because it was like 30 different shots of a robot that looks just like him shooting something off screen. Like yeah. it's not even dynamic. It's just these robots holding two guns shooting at the screen. And yep. it was just over and over. Like it felt. Yep. Ex- like,
0: and that is a criticism you could level at this show from episode one <laughs> to episode yep. 50. It is you know. <laughs> just didn't always know exactly what to do with 22 minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So we get to the interesting part of the episode now where uh, we're done with the flashbacks. He's sitting outside of this robot factory where he has tracked Jack and it's raining and he doesn't want to go out in the rain. And so he's sitting in the car listening to jazz music while he waits for the rain to stop. And then when it does, he slowly walks out and goes into the factory. And the rest of it is pretty much him stalking through and trying to find Jack, who is it's the showdown. It's a lot like our man in black from the last episode we watched. Yes. Both feature a, a pretty a pretty crunchy seven to ten minute fight scene with a with a scary man in black with a mm-hmm. black hat and the white hat. Yes, right. Uh, it's very it's very cool. I I have to say, uh, yeah. Like we were talking about, it's nice to see Jack. I was not told to not see Jack to sort of like see his stealth capability in that you know X forty nine is only catching glimpses of him kind of out of the corner of his eye and he just starts shooting at things and Jack is gone the first time he sees him it's like there's a campfire he's made and Jack's like roasting weenies but we only see it in like the shadow on the wall and he goes over and he accidentally kicks a a screw on his way around the corner he's like oh shit and he goes around the corner and Jack's gone and his weenie stick is like still midair and it falls (laughs) Uh, and A it's really funny that samurai Jack's roasted weenies Um, Yeah, inside
0: (laughs) he's also inside a robot factory.
1: um, Yeah,
0: like drone factory, uh, which those robot drones that we fought in episode two or three uh, were the ones that replaced all the X forty the X models. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, All the bud boys.
0: Yeah, and it is because it is in a robot factory, and you have the skull faced X forty nine. It feels very Terminator. Uh, Yeah, the end of Terminator, Uh, I know, had that. We maybe should
1: mention. Uh, you never know. Not that our reach is huge, uh, but for anybody who has been uh, worried about uh, watching the seizure episode of Pokemon, mm-hmm. uh, there's some pretty intense flashing lights uh, in the in the in the gunfight in the factory. There are. Uh-huh. There really are. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and it's it's that same thing I was talking about a second ago, right? Like the first like three to five minutes of this sequence. I was so on board, but the amount of times I can watch X forty nine turn suddenly shoot where Jack was and Jack's not there, yeah, it really yeah we got mm. it. I think you you this is an episode you have to watch. I I don't I I, I hesitate to say you you don't need to be a film major to appreciate it, but if you're not constantly just in awe of the framing and the and yep. the and the and the um. And the camera angles and and the and the the mise en scene of it all, then you're just yeah you're just kind of watching things happen, right. right? And yeah, to that point, it is incredibly interesting to look at. There's a lot of really neat ideas going on. It's just mm-hmm. like when you boil down the action, it's not compelling. It's what's compelling is how they frame it, and mm-hmm. it's very neat. It is very yeah. cool. It does it it does kind of smack of a uh, you know a final project in a film class. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I've learned all these concepts. Watch me show them to you one by one. Um, it's another
0: it's another flex like the 300 episode. Yeah. Totally. Um it's another A episode, definitely uh that they sort of put all their all their attention on.
1: Well, I think the actual interesting thing about this particular one though, uh is I mean they could have explored it a lot more. I really do think so. But the the kind of implication that you get at the end, because Jack Jack clearly he wins. There's a very cool moment where uh Jack does a fake out, he sees him like a silhouette and he shoots it, uh, but he realizes it's one of the other like defunct ex robots, and Jack's actually right behind him and he totally just destroys him. But he falls down and X forty nine's last words that Jack hears are uh Take care of Lulu. And when Jack looks back and we see him sort of look conflicted, I think what's interesting about it is that we've been spending four whole seasons of this show watching Jack murder robots. And maybe this is the first one that's kind of made him go, what? Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's uh,
1: it's very much that Eureka 7 moment where there's just a mangled corpse in the, in the oh. mech cockpit. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's like, I thought everybody ejected to safety like we do. And he's like, no, they're not all, like, ace, right? Like, we're elites, dude. These people are just getting slaughtered. (laughs) We've been murdering people this whole time. Renton, what do you think we're doing? (laughs) I was trying to read into this until I remembered uh, the sort of Roman numerals aspect of this. Because the very last thing we see on this screen, after everything fades to black, the episode is over. Is just the single white letter L,
0: right? And that's mm-hmm. just
1: that's just the episode number in Roman yeah. numerals, yeah. but uh, without a bunch of numerals like I'm kind of used to in in these in these backlog these back back uh, yeah the backlog of the episodes the whatever back anyway, uh, I didn't catch it at first. I was like, what the fuck? How do you end an episode yeah. on just a, a single letter? L, like that? <laughs> L. <laughs>
0: take the L, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an even
1: artsier fiend. Yeah
0: oh god uh so so the but the final image before that l um the final image is the photograph of lulu who as far as we know is still kidnapped by aku Um, yeah the photo is there it's entirely possible that somehow jack could save lulu feels it's like improbable. a great
1: hanging thread for season five to rescue Lulu, but uh, uh-huh. I don't know that they will. I for right. sure know that they don't. I looked it up. Oh, yeah. Which oh. is too bad, and it makes me sad. Uh, you gotta go to they, doesthedogdie.com. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess the we dog died. Or fanfiction.net. Just
0: bother Gendy Tartakovsky. Be like, hey, what happened? I need you to tell me what happened to that dog. Some people really <laughs> can't handle
1: it, even if you kind of do it off screen. Yeah, yeah some people really can't. No shade. Just... That's why it's a website. That's why it's a website. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Austin have uh, absconded uh, from Walmart. Uh, we've uh, we didn't steal much, but you know, you loot a little bit when there's everybody's running around with snakes. You know. Snakes yeah, the snakes. Their- yeah,
0: <laughs> snakes have fully sort of you know they're hungry now they got a they got a nap Uh, and now they're ready andy is running
1: andy's running damage control he thinks we're coming right back from the bathroom (laughs) yeah but you know i'm starting to think that maybe this is a fun opportunity like i can become king of snakes you know like depending on how things fall out here you know like if i get in good with the snakes and they sort of rule this walmart i can sort of you know
0: (laughs) if you're the snake bootlicker yeah so i'm sorry to tell you this it's it's not likely, because they spent a lot of time in my stomach, and I think they sort of, you know, have bonded with me, so I think they still see you- As at- their surrogate mother? Yeah, I think they still see you as sort of, uh, you know, an invading uh, threat.
1: <laughs> they dive into my mouth and they go, this is a tosted stomach. Who are no, you? I'm- this one's full of hamburgers. <laughs> This one's full of milk and dairy. You're not Austin.
0: <laughs> Result of oh, the I delicious s- drinks I like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's an outside dig.
1: That's an outside. No, I think we've I think we've mentioned on the podcast that you drink very nice drinks. <laughs> I've certainly oh, made my it. My, I've certainly tried. Maybe they Alan- keep getting cut. <laughs> we've made it our life's work to just razz you about this forever.
0: Well, I'll try to turn that into a compliment. Well, good luck. Don't uh, uh, don't forget that you and me are on the team. We're on a team. We're a- Andy's the opponent
1: in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really and, know how it turned out that way since you know snakes were originally inside Austin, but uh but apparently I'm the one. It's fuck me day.
0: It's fuck uh, Andy week. It's fuck Andy t-
1: 2020. Uh. <laughs> uh next year.
0: Next year, bud. Next year. <laughs>
1: I have a stinking feeling it's going to be Fuck Eddie 2021 and I'm going to have nothing to do with it. Uh Austin, you had yeah. us watch Samurai Jack. You watched you had us do 3 weeks. How do you feel about the ones you picked? How do you feel? What's your what's your vibe I, right now?
0: I got to say I'm I'm pretty happy with what we ultimately watched. Um I yeah. wanted more than anything I wanted you guys to just sort of enjoy your time with Samurai Jack and see yeah. kind of the there's a lot of aspects of this show that I, I haven't included. There are a lot of side characters, a lot of the goofier, sillier cartoonier episodes I haven't included well we didn't
1: we didn't see the Scotsman at all.
0: no, I could see myself
1: if we kept going becoming more like cranky Andy King of the Snakes and having a lot more shit to <laughs> say. but uh uh-huh. three weeks is good for me. Yeah. yeah, it was a good amount of time. uh-huh uh, It's just you know it's one of those when we watch if we're when we watch Ring Raiders, there's enough crazy shit going on and ridiculous dialogue that we have a lot of avenues in to, to talk about you, at a certain en- point. You enjoy junk food in a different way. You do. This is salad, and you don't yeah. always want all, all the salad. You don't want to just mm-hmm. wreck the salad bar. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes. and And I think it is really interesting that essentially for a brief period in 2002 to 2005 or whatever – that they were, Cartoon Network was making little art films for children. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that's really valid. Um, it, You know, yeah. things that took a, a glacial pace and didn't always resolve sat- in a satisfying way. And just were incredibly visually arresting. And that's pretty neat. Totes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously... Gendy Tartakovsky was not done with this concept in in any real way, uh, because, of course, like we've talked about many times, he came back and he made, uh, you know, three years ago, he made a final season of Samurai Jack and ended it. But uh, last year he made another se- series, which I'm pretty sure has absolutely no dialogue. If I know uh, if I have read that right, I think, with that's, the, I think that's yeah. Uh, is he is he a Russian national or is it just a just a name? Not I just think it, he is you know a Russian. I, mean. I think I think he was born there. I do think that Austin I'm... Austin was talking earlier about uh, some certain filmmaking techniques, and I didn't want to go all the way down my little my little film my little film studies hole. It, <laughs> it, there's a there's a definite smack of Russian filmmaking of the sort of like Eisensteinian style and uh, and all that. Uh-huh. That um... I,
0: I so so Gendy Gendy definitely is sort of a you know regular cool guy American uh for you know for you know for the most part he he, he doesn't have much But finance. if he if he studied it, if he grew up if he grew up yeah, in that space and studied I definitely know films, that yeah, yeah he has drawn upon Russia as sort of a you know important mm-hmm. you know cultural uh aspect of who he is
1: um he moved to the US when he was 7 says the wikipedia neat yeah. so yeah um but yeah he was he was born in the Soviet Union uh which of course you know that and his family are going to influence a lot of a lot of it. Um so I'm 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 not surprised but I'm so illiterate in Russian cinema. You think his dad just made him watch Battleship Potemkin over and over again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you must watch it again. <laughs> I want to watch Flintstones. No. <laughs> Potemkin.
1: It's a show. Oh God. No, I really liked I really liked this. I was glad that we got to watch it. Um, you know, we we try and we try and mix up, especially lately, uh, the sort of like abject trash with something with actual value. Um you know, it, it's, it's, nice, it's to have always nice Yeah, it is. And I, you know, I hope I hope anyone listening to our show uh enjoys enjoys these little jaunts into good good content, even if it even if all it does is give you an excuse to actually go watch some. Uh even if you're not the type of person who normally watches along with us, and I totally understand if you aren't because, you know, we watch a lot of trash that cats arc alone, never watched lacquer cats. Sorry about that. Also, <laughs> most of
0: the stuff we watch is, is, is just patently unavailable. Most places, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we find ways to watch the content. We don't agree to watch something just because it's, you know, available for the, for the populace. Yeah, uh, exactly. We tried
1: for a while, but it was a little bit it was a little bit too much of a hurdle to leap through. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. can we regularly find only shows that anybody can see through some Content is yeah, king. some we legitimate gotta, avenue?
0: We got to watch our <laughs> stuff.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, I, I I say to you, watch some Samurai Jack if you've never watched yeah. it before. Yeah. It's going to be you've really got cool. got HBO
0: Max. Uh, it's, on uh, yeah, it's all on there.
1: It's on Hobo's. And uh yeah, it's really fun. Thank you Austin for bringing it to us. Uh but you know, it's going to be a really long time before we let you run the show again. I just want to let you know.
0: I no, no, that's fair. That's fair. And again, like we've said before, I didn't have that many shows that I, you know, uh, that my incredible brain uh, allowed me to appreciate. <laughs> um, you know, uh, he so. is too busy licking show pawn charts <laughs> <laughs> for their. <laughs>
1: It's okay in twenty 2020, twenty in twenty twenty one when we go back through each each of us again and we we do more of our sort of soul shows, uh, you'll you'll have to scrape the bottom of the barrel and force us to watch Road Rovers. So,
0: uh yeah, I'll have to learn what that show is like. Uh, before I, I know do
1: that. you loved Road Rovers,
0: <laughs> I'll have to watch for the very first time Road Rovers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey everybody, right. we're gonna see you next Tuesday.